Thank you for listening to the podcast of Bible Baptist Church. Please visit our website at www.southbaybbc.org for more information. A biblical procession that we must all hold to and behold in time is that time is a gift from God. You know, time would never been, and it will never be unless God started it and allows it. You know, the very first of the Bible speaks of God and time. In Genesis 1-1, if you could look in the screen with me, the Bible says, In the beginning, God. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Ever since that first day, God has allowed time to exist. You see, God was before time, before the beginning. And there is no way for God to create the first day or even the second day unless he was outside of time. So in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. So God has allowed time to exist ever since that time. And one day, he will end time. Time will be finished. The Bible says in Revelation chapter 10, verse 6, And swear by him that liveth forever and ever, who created heaven and the things that are in and the earth and the things that are in are, and the sea, and the things are which are in, that there should be time no longer. That there should be time no longer. You know, Jesus Christ is called the Alpha and the Omega, beginning and the end, and the first and the last. You know, there will be a day when we do not need to check our calendars, we do not need to check our phones to see what time it is, and we don't need to check or, I guess, scheduled to uh, maybe be at an appointment somewhere at a certain hour and certain time. No, uh, we won't have that because time will be no longer one day. Time will be finished. And as we think about that subject, how time will be no longer, I wonder where you will be when time is no longer. Where would you be when time ceases to exist? When time stops, when eternity rolls in, where would you be? Would you be in heaven or would you be in hell? For both places, time will be no longer. I hope you'll be in heaven. I hope you'll walk the streets of gold and not worry about time because there's eternal joy and eternal love. And in heaven, I think about the fact that Everybody who are born again, who are saved, will be there. And not only that, our Savior Jesus Christ will be there. And that is the greatest news. And not just the mansions and the gold, but we will be forever with our Savior Jesus Christ. There will be no days or months or end we need to think about. No, we get to just enjoy our time with our Savior Jesus. The one who died for us, the one who shed his blood, the one who rose again. But as we think about the alternative place called hell... There are pain and there are suffering. I wonder if you'll be in that place of eternal darkness and eternal death. And, and uh, as we think about that place, uh, I believe that you'll worry about time. And you'll be thinking, I wish there will be time here and that this suffering and this pain will end one day. But the realization is that time is no longer. You realize that the answer in hell is that there will be no end. Suffering is forever. Pain is forever. Hell and fire brimstone will be forever. 
lake of fire will be forever. I wonder if you'll be in that place because you have not sincerely received Christ as your personal Savior. You see, everyone will have their time end one day. And eternity roll in, my friend. I wonder if you'll be in heaven or I wonder if you'll be in hell. You need to consider your fate. You need to consider where you will be when time ceases to exist for you. Thank God our Savior Jesus Christ left eternity and came into the time of humanity around 2,000 years ago. John chapter 1, verse 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, and the glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Now, why did Christ come in our time? Why did He dwell among us? Why did He left the throne of glory to be in a place like this? Well, in verse 12 answers it in John 1, but as many as received them, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. So that, as we think about the scripture, it's very obvious Jesus Christ came to dwell upon this earth so that sinners could receive him as their personal savior and that they could be called the children of God so that they could be justified and one day they will be glorified to be living with him in eternity. That's why Jesus Christ came in this time of humanity 2,000 years ago. And you need to consider Christ if you want to avoid that eternal darkness called hell, eternal death called hell. If you want to avoid that place where time will be no longer and pain will be forever and loneliness will be forever. If you want to avoid that place, my friend, consider the time when Christ came down 2,000 years ago and he died in that place of Calvary. Consider that time so that you avoid that other place called, uh, called hell. Oh, I want to encourage you to consider Christ if you have never received Jesus. So the last 2,000 years, since the time of Christ's visitation, it has been the last days. In Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1, God who has sun-dried times in diverse manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophet, hath in last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the world. This means this present world can enter into the seven-year tribulation any time. And also, thousand-year reign can be just around the corner. And no man knows this except for the Father. And it could be even next week that a war could start in the Middle East, and maybe Antichrist would come to bring peace, and that seven-year tribulation would be set up. And then next thing you know, a thousand-year reign will come. You see, ladies and gentlemen, you see... Uh, uh, the, bio, uh, the history is very clear that war could happen in any moment. World War I and World War II and so many different wars, even in the last century, happened over night and happened over just in few months or even few years. And as we think about the last days, uh, as we live in this present time, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, recognize the fact that end could come any moment and that you could face death it may be in tribulation time or even before the thousand year reign. And you need to consider where you will go after you die and where you will be in the last days. And we must live every day in our time as if it was the last day. This is truly the disp- dispensation of grace. And as we think about our life, and if you're a Christian this morning, if you're born again, thank God we're saved. Thank God we've been exempted from the tribulation period. 
we've been exempted from the Antichrist reign. And we've been exempted from the wrath of God called the lake of fire. We've been exempted from that. And ladies and gentlemen, let us consider how we are saved by grace. And we're living even today. We're breathing today. And we have our livelihood. We have our family. And we have our existence. And, it, and, it's, and the reason is, it's because of his grace. And we're born again. We're in church. We are opening the Bible. And we're saying amen to some truth that uh, we, uh, we uh, totally agree with in the scripture. And, and, uh, and God is burning our hearts about some uh, truth uh, uh, that God has, uh, maybe he has spoken to you even this morning through devotion. And they shem and thank God we're born again. And it's because of his grace. And thank God for the time of grace that he has given us. And let us not waste this time because this time is given by grace. And I wonder how we are spending our time today. I think about some stats, practical stats. As of 2014, the life of expectancy in America is 78.6 years. That's kind of encouraging, isn't it? Because, you know, Moses said that, you know, 70 years, and by reason of saying, you'll be 80 years old. And, uh, you know, you might have planned out your retirement already. You might be thinking, I'll retire at 65, and maybe I'll die at the age of 80, and I could have 15 years of leisure. And uh, it's very interesting how we could kind of plan out the future that way. But in every way, only God knows the future. (laughs) And only God could plan out. Uh, whatever is to come, but nothing wrong with planning in, planning for your family, but I'm just simply saying how sometimes we could kind of over plan, but our life expectancy is America is 78.6 years, and let me give you some stats. We spend 25 years sleeping in our lifetime on the average of eight hours a day, and uh, this is just interesting. Pigs, rabbits, and guinea pigs sleep the same amount as us. Did you know that? And uh, did you know that giraffe only needs two hours sleep? Wow, amazing, right? Uh, but their life expectancy is only 25 years. Maybe that's why, okay? Now, I have no time to sleep. I got to, you know, eat. I got to, you, know, uh, 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 you know, have my, uh, uh, you know, uh, 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 I guess, uh, 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 what is that, calf, I guess? I'm not sure what you call a baby giraffe. But anyways, uh, you know, uh, I, can't, I can't waste time. Uh, I think about a bat could sleep 20 hours a day. 20 hours, only, you know, it wakes up for four hours, but, you know, this bat eats 1,000 mosquitoes per hour. Pretty amazing, right? Now, what is this in relation to the message? Nothing. I thought it was very interesting, that's all. And uh, I just like these facts, very humorous. But anyways, and some people are like giraffes. You might be thinking, I I wish I could be a giraffe and just only sleep two hours a day. And some people are like bats. I wish I could sleep 20 hours a day. And, uh, but anyways... Uh, you know, we spent 25, 25 years sleeping. That's the, that's the stat. And then we work for it 10.3 years. Okay. Sometimes in stress and sometimes in joy. And ladies, ladies spend nearly one year deciding what to wear. One year. 365 days. You spend 365 days deciding, what am I going to wear? We spent 70% of our waking life in front of a digital media in this 21st century. Right now, you're doing it. (laughs) You're looking at a screen, aren't you? That's part of the 70%. Church is helping you. (laughs) Americans spend 11 hours a day with electronic media. 11 hours a day. There'll be more with all these gadgets coming out. 
And then lastly, how sad, we spend 90% of our time indoors. 90% of our time. We need to have a public, public church meetings, amen, okay? And we're indoors right now, 90%. But we spend 90% of our time indoors. And as we think about all these stats and, you know, uh, uh, it's, it, it comes to a very amazing realization that our time is very short. And our time cannot be just wasted. I know we need to sleep. Yes, we need to work. But I wonder if there is any time for God. We're living a very busy life. And as we're busy, we forget that time is a gift from God. But we treat it like it is a God. We treat time like an idol. Time is controlling us. Instead of we are controlling time, Time is leading us to somewhere and leading us to do something. And we worship time. We idolize minutes. We sacrifice ourselves to schedule. And time has become a god. And we are being led to vanity when we do so. And someone has once wrote concerning time and business of life, I'm in a hurry to get things done. I rush and rush until life's no fun. All I really got to do is live and die. But I'm in a hurry and don't know why. You know, that's how we are. We just don't know why we're busy. We don't know why we're working 40 hours a week. And we don't know why we're, even at church sometimes, being busy in the work of the ministry. We're just doing it because it's scheduled. We lose the purpose and the meaning of the grace of life. We miss the purpose of the fact that time is a gift. And we miss the purpose, how we need to devote every single event, every single time of our being to the glory of God. I think about Ecclesiastes chapter 1, verse 14. I have seen all the works that are done under the sun, and behold, all is vanity and vexation of spirit. This can be the conclusion of our time here when we are just busy with our time with no eternal value or purpose. Did you know that an average Christian American prays only one minute a day? And we are called a Christian nation. Some political leaders don't want to accept that. And it's amazing how the Muslim world say that we're a Christian nation, but some political leaders say, oh, we're not a Christian nation anymore. But I believe we are still identifying with the roots of our history. We were founded upon Christian uh, uh, ethics and also uh, moral laws. And uh, we hold to the Bible and the fear of God to be our uh, authority. And, and I believe there are many still churches out there in this country uh, who fear the Lord, who takes the word of God literally and preach the word of God as it is. But what a dire situation for Americans to just only pray one minute a day. I think about 88% of Americans still do own a Bible. But, as we think about this stat, the majority of Americans who say they read their Bible, they only read it four times or less a year. They only read it four times less a year. And by the way, 80% of them still think the Bible is sacred. They think it's very important. But, People just read it four times a year. There is no way for a Christian to live 
like what the preacher said in Ecclesiastes chapter 12, because the whole uh, 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 topic of Ecclesiastes, how life is vain when you're working hard and you're laboring for yourself and you're doing all that you can to do uh, all that you can uh, for your selfish means. But Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 13, he ends with this. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. You see, the preacher realized, Solomon realized, the only thing that counts are the things that we do for our God. And there's a reason why American, Americans cannot focus on Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 13, and especially even Christians, because they're not reading the Word of God. How could they do? How could they know how to do God's commandments? How could they fear God without God's Word or even pray? Oh, ladies and gentlemen, we're in a very desperate situation in this time of our country and time of Christianity in this nation. As you are busy with work time, by the way, time can be spiritual during your work time, too. You know, it doesn't need to be in vain. Colossians chapter 4, verse 5, look at it. Walk in wisdom toward them that are, who? Without. Those people who are without, meaning without faith, without God. Redeeming the time that your speech you always grace, season with salt, that you may know how, to, uh, how you ought to answer every man. And you can't do that unless you're just at home or unless you're just at church. You do that at work. You do that when you're in public. Walk in wisdom and toward them that are without. You see lost people every single day at your workplace. You might be your fellow uh, uh, worker who is a... Uh, you know, sharing the same uh, uh, a section of cubicles with you. And, and it might be that same uh, uh, a person who's in that same committee with you. I'm just simply saying today, you know, it's very uh, uh, obvious from the scripture that God has placed you in your workplace for a reason. And it could be a spiritual time where you could live out the scripture and you could share the gospel and also be a living testimony for our Jesus Christ. You don't have to waste your time just making money at work. You could be a shining testimony for our God. Every time is a gift from the Lord. Consider the time that God has given you. Use it for the Lord. Don't just use it for this temporary things of this world. God knows the time that he has given you. And it's a gift from him. Don't treat it like a God. Don't let it run your life. And don't let it ruin into vexation of spirit. So what are we, what are we to consider as we think about time as a gift? I'd like to share with you three insightful biblical wisdom of time that will help us to spend this time of grace. Number one, i got to hurry. Time will be judged. Time will be judged. God has set our iniquities before thee, our secret sins in the light of thy countenance. For our days are passed away in thy wrath. We spend our ear as a tale that is told. You know, as we have our time here, there are sins in our lives. And the Bible says that in James chapter 1, but every man is tempted when he is drawn away from his own lust and enticed. Then when lust had conceived, it bringeth forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, bring it for death. And the Bible says that death and hell were cast into the lake of fire, and this is a second death. You see, ladies and gentlemen, when Adam took of the fruit, the fruit of knowledge of good and evil, death came into his life. Not the physical death first, but the spiritual death. You see, we were made 
into three parts, body, soul, and spirit. But when Adam took of the fruit and disobeyed God, the spirit died. Only the body and soul was left. And God is a spirit, according to John chapter 4. God could only have relationship with man through the spirit. But the spirit of man is dead. How could he? So that man is now reserved to the lake of fire, separation from God. That's why you must be born again by the Holy Spirit. You receive Jesus Christ, the Spirit of God, quickens your spirit that was dead. Now you could have relationship with God. Now you're on your way to heaven. A spirit that, that uh, lives in heaven lives inside of you, and his spirit has sealed you unto the day of redemption. So you're on your way to heaven. So that's why you must be born again. But as we think about the physical death, if you don't have the spirit be born again, if you don't have Jesus Christ in your heart, then you will die. And you will have second death, where, soul, where your soul will go. Your body will decay on this earth, but your soul will die, and you'll be in that lake of fire, in that place called hell, well, hell first, and the lake of fire. And then you'll die, and you burn there forever and ever and ever. Because the time that you live here, you live here not as a saint, but as a sinner. And your time as a sinner will be judged one day. And as Christians today, if you are born again, if you are living in the Lord Jesus Christ, how could you go back to the beggarly things of this world again? Because your time as a Christian will be judged too. I think about the scripture. If you go to, uh, let's jump some scripture here. Um, oh, actually, I, I think I have that scripture later on. But the Bible says that, oh, I'm sorry, 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 17, if you look at that. And uh, for the time has come that judgment must begin at the where? House of God. See, God will judge you for what you did as a Christian in this time. And as a Christian, you need to prioritize your life and making sure that you live for God. Because this time is only for a short period. And what are you doing for Jesus this week? What are you doing for Jesus today? What, are you, what would you do for Jesus tomorrow? You've got to schedule your time according to what God wants you to do. Do not schedule your life according to what you want to do and what according to, uh, not according to what the world wants you to do. No, do what God wants you to do, my friend, because you'll be judged by how you have treated your time here. Secondly, time will cease. Time will cease. New heaven and new earth will be created at the end. Christ will, Christ will say, it is done. Now, before that time comes, before everything is done at the end, maybe one day you will hear Christ, will, Christ say to you, well done, that good and faithful servant, meaning you'll die before his coming. And most of us maybe might have to face that situation. But if the Lord comes back tomorrow, thank God we don't have to face that. You know, a corruptible will be turned into incorruptible. And uh, this tabernacle will put on immortality. God's going to say, amen, what a wonderful thing. We don't have to face that. And, uh, you know, time will cease one day. And, uh, you know, uh, uh, for all of us. Now, if you were to die in a natural death, I wonder in every way you'll have some regret in your life. I wonder if you'll say, I wish I would have done for Jesus. I wish I could have done more, but I denied the Lord's will. I denied the purpose of God in my life. And this is a very short life, and I want you to understand, it is a time of weariness. It's a time of sorrow and labor sometimes. And the Bible is very clear in Ecclesiastes chapter 3 that there is a time of joy and time of love. There is a time 
of uh, 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 peace and time of war, and, and there are different contrasts in life, but uh, 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 just be very clear from the scripture that uh, we are living a life of opposites all the time. Not everyone's life is always fine and dandy. Everyone's life will be sometimes full of sorrow and full of trial. And everybody will face some situation or maybe separation or maybe some kind of disappointment in relationship. You might face those situations in life, and that is a fact of it all. And, and as you are enduring this time of weariness, we got to consider the fact that we need to always depend on the Lord in this short life. How disappointing would it be you just work and you just sweat and you just pay bills, and you just get stressed all the days of your life and never find joy in the Lord Jesus Christ. You never find love in the Lord Jesus Christ. You never find peace in the Lord Jesus Christ. And what a terrible situation would you be in in your life in this brief years that all it came out to be was stress and distress and disappointments. And you can never mark any, any ears in your life or days in your life where you could say, God worked here, God gave me peace, God answered prayer, and God gave me joy, even through different difficulties and trials. When trials come, Jesus Christ needs to shine. And you've got to remember those moments, you've got to capture those moments, you've got to seek for those moments. You can't just sit there and just stress and just say, my life is over. No, you gotta seek Jesus. You gotta seek the joy of our Jesus, joy of our Lord, and we gotta seek the fruit of the Spirit: love, joy, peace, and long suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and, and also temperance. We need to seek those things, and those things will last, my friend. All the things of the flesh will not last, but things of the will of God will last forever. Oh, God does make it good and beautiful, though, even with all the different trials. And uh, secondly, time of vapor, or it is soon cut off, we fly away. It's a short life. How short? Like a vapor. The Bible says, whereas you know, why should be on tomorrow? For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeared for a little time and then vanished away. You know, we need to consider our time and uh, how you can seize any moment. We're not sure of what to expect. We're not sure of how we will die. And I think about Britain just uh, uh, a couple days ago, uh, their House of Commons was trying to pass a bill called Dying Bill. And they're trying to pass this bill, uh, uh, letting patients uh, uh, choose to die with a lethal injection six months prior for their terminal illness or terminal death. So someone could have maybe a terminal illness, maybe in their brain or maybe in their body, and and the doctor says, hey, you're going to die in six months or a year, and it's going to be a very terrible death. And that patient could say, I want to die at ease. I want to die right now. That person could choose that. Of course, the House of Commons in Britain, thank God, opposed the bill, did not pass the bill, but there were some protests. There were some people who were saying, this is human right. By the way, California just passed that same bill. I thought Britain was liberal. I'm just telling you right now, there are people who are just trying to 
you know, control life and death. But ladies and gentlemen, God knows when we'll die. I think about, and by the way, what a terrible situation for these people, thinking that death will solve their problem, and they're not even saved. I just want to die in peace, but next thing you know, they're in hell. Oh, that's why we got to do much as we can for those who are ill and not saved. Just preach to them and let them know that they need to be saved. If you have family members who are ill, hey, share the gospel with them over and over and over again so that they may truly have the peace of our Savior, Jesus Christ. They have this vapor life. Oh, they need Jesus, my friend. Oh, I just want to encourage you to recognize that your life is a vapor. I think about Psalm 116, verse 15. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. And God has already planned how you will die and when you will die. So we've got to live for the Lord now. And it's going to be precious in his sight. And that you get to see Jesus and that he gets to see you. But when that will be, it's up to him. So we need to live our lives according to his plans and his decisions and his choices and his will. Number three, time must be stewarded. I'm done. So teach us to number our days so that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. The Bible says we need to walk circumspectly, understanding what the will of the Lord is. It's very obvious that God is, care God is not careless of our lives. He has his will for us in this lifetime. He doesn't know, he doesn't kind of have to brainstorm to think, I wonder what Jimmy's going to do next week. I wonder what Jimmy needs to do tomorrow. No, he's not thinking about that. He already knows. He is infinite in his understanding. And he has a specific will for me and for you. And we need to study the word of God. We need to be good stewards of the time that God has given us. I think about Jehazi. Jehazi wanted money. When Elijah says we cannot accept money from this man called Naaman, this is the grace of God. We need to glorify the grace of God. We cannot receive money. And Jehazi, of course, runs after this guy, Naaman, gets the money, and comes back. Elijah confronts him, and Elijah says, is it time to get money? Is it time to get vineyards? Is it time to get manservants? House servants? What was he saying? You're being a bad steward of the time that God has given you. This is not time to live up in the flesh and live up to this world. This is a time to live for God. By the way, when Jehazi took that money, was confronted by Elijah, Elijah, the Bible says he became a leper. A skin disease where your lips start falling off. Your face becomes distorted. And infections everywhere in your skin. Pus coming out. That disease was upon him. And also his generation. His sons had the same disease. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, let's consider how our time is a vapor. We must steward this time in wisdom. Do not waste this time. We have a great opportunity next week in Mission Conference. Don't waste this. Just staying at home and watching TV. Come to the conference. Be burdened about missions. Give toward missions. Don't be comfortable in your life. Don't be lukewarm in your life. And by the way, when you're lukewarm, you know where Christ is in the church, when the church is lukewarm? He's outside the door. 
according to the testimony of the Laodicean church in Revelation chapter 3, he is knocking at the church's door, let me come in. When we're comfortable, my friend, as we live in America, as we have our jobs, as we have our savings, as we have all these wonderful, luxurious things, let us be mindful of the fact that there are greater things to concentrate upon is our Savior, Jesus Christ. What he does when he beats for you. What he does when he works in you. You can be a great Christian. You can be a Christian that loves the Lord, full of conviction, full of purpose. Live for Jesus Christ while you have time.